Ladies and gentlemen, sports fans alike, welcome to another edition of Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. One of the couple, two, three best podcasts around. So sit back, grab yourself a cold one and a pole of sausage, park your keister in the front room, and listen to Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. In Chicago, you know that all sports rock. The Bears, Hawks, Bulls, Cubs, and Sox. Pick your favorite, you can choose as long as the Packers lose. For everything you need to know, it's Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bill. Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. This is your hosts, Alex and Sean. On this episode, we are going to be talking about Bulls in the playoffs, uh, some ridiculous Bulls, Bear stuff, uh, and White Sox and Cubs doing well to start the season. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, the Rockford Ice Hogs. If you're not familiar with the Rockford Ice Hogs, they're the AHL minor league affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. What does that mean for you? You get to see the stars of tomorrow today at family-friendly affordable prices. The season is going on. So don't hesitate to go on over to icehogs.com, get yourself a hat, shirt, jersey, tickets, and more. Tell them Swirsky Sports sent you. Alex, how are you doing on this day one, game one of the Bulls in the postseason? You know, not too bad. This game has been kind of a roller coaster because as I'm talking right now, the Bulls have gotten back into it, and the way this game started has looked disastrous. But, but... There's still a clear problem here. The Bulls are having a real tough time hitting their shots. And that has made a big difference because the Bulls held Milwaukee under 60 in the first half. And the way this game started, I didn't think there was a chance of that happening. And they made it a six point game at one point, but they, they couldn't get any closer. And now the Bulls, you know, are, are pretty close right now. And it just, if you're not going to match up well, I mean, let's be real. The Bulls do not match up well, size-wise especially. But you got to start hitting some of these shots if you want to stay in this game. I mean, right now, as we speak, it's the third quarter. It's a five-point game. It, you know, you just – you watch them shoot threes, and it's just it's, – it's cringe. Yeah, it, it, it is. And the Bulls are playing tough here. I mean, um, it's – you know, a couple, a couple of, of things could go their way. And, you know, this is a neck and neck game, but uh, they just, this is, this is going better than I was worried about it going, but not as well as I was hoping it would go for somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at what's happened so far is they were down nine, nothing right out of the gate. And you're like, Oh boy, this is looking bad. And then, I think there was one point where it was like 21 to nine or 22 to nine, whatever it was, you know, and, and now you sit here, the game is fairly close. You see this two ways. One, it could stay close or two Milwaukee's like, all right, we need to stop dicking around. Let's take control back again. And, you know, I, you know, I, I could see that going either way. I, I could really see it going either way, but if the bulls had any chance any chance to steal this one, they just got to shoot better. They got to finish. And I mean, it really stinks because Alex Caruso just clearly isn't right. And Zach Levine isn't 100% either. And you figure that if both of those guys could be a hundred percent, I still don't think you beat Milwaukee in the series, but 
you know, that can make a big difference. And I mean, obviously Lonzo ball makes a big difference too, but you know, this is what you're dealt with and you're going to have to make the best of it because, you know, that's just, those are the cards you're dealt with right now. You know, unless uh, MJ's secret stuff finds his way to Zach Levine and Alex Caruso, you know, you're going to have to deal with them. Not 100%. Yeah. I mean, it is good that Milwaukee's not shooting well either. No, they're not. And I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting for them to fully wake up and, you know, I'm not trying to be a doubter and a cynic, but I mean, let's, let's be real here. The, the bucks, the defending champions, and they're just a flat out better team than the bulls. But if the bulls can keep pace here, you know, strange things can happen. You know, strange things happen in sports. If you keep the game close, all it takes is a few things to go your way and you could steal a game. But, you know, the Bulls are going to have to hang with it throughout the rest of this game. And right now, Milwaukee, they hit a three, and the Bulls just turned it over. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I know everyone's going to be listening to the show well after the game is over, but I just wish we had a better chance. I And I really wish we didn't match up with the Bucks because what makes this even suckier is like, well, there's another uh, chapter in the – recent Wisconsin owning Chicago sports book that I really am not enjoying very much. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Milwaukee wins again, the title. Um, if that's any concept, I don't think so. I think they win the East. I don't know about that either. Who do you think beats them? That Miami? The 76ers? I think think either one of those teams could. I'm not saying that they they'll they'll stomp all over them, but I I don't think I don't think Milwaukee comes out of the East and they definitely aren't going to win it. I think the West wins it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I feel like watching the Bucks this year. They were kind of just going through the motions. Giannis wasn't playing at his full level and neither was a lot of the team. You know, they were just getting through the season so they could get to the playoffs. That's why I think they can win it all again. We'll see. We'll see. But um, one thing's for sure, the Bulls did not match up well against them. And, you know, my hope for the series is that they could kind of make it like the Boston series of 17 or 09, where they won a few games and they actually gave themselves a chance to pull off an upset. I mean, right now, the Bulls just need to give themselves a chance. They're not going to get that chance by the talent on their team because Milwaukee's flat out better. Uh, That's that's fair. Um, I I just wanted them to make it a series. You build. It's how you build off of it. If you get blown out, it's it's tough to build off of that. Um, If you make this a competitive series and win a couple games and make, make the, uh, make the ones you lose at least competitive that uh, I think that's really sets you up the momentum going forward. And, you know, obviously the front office needs a few tweaks on this team and add another big, um, and you know, three point shooting. That's for sure. I, I think the three point shooting, will work itself out. Um, but the interior defense needs to just get better flat out. 
I mean, if you had a shooter, uh, I'm not going to be upset about it, but uh, the interior defense is, is what needs to, to get better. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a disaster. Um, but you know, you, you, you add momentum if you can make this team or this series competitive. I just hope that going into next year, no matter what additions they make to the team, that they just see better luck with the injuries because it was brutal this year for the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Absolutely brutal. I I don't think there's any way the Bulls are as bad as they were down the stretch if they didn't have uh, Lonzo Ball out. If Lonzo Ball was part of that team and he was fully healthy, the Bulls definitely finish higher than the sixth seed. I will stand by that opinion. And how, how is Zach Levine a superstar that just doesn't get the calls? No, he doesn't like, well, just, he's, he's not, he's, he's really good, but I don't, he's just not quite that level. I mean, they, they just called a charge on him. On a fast that was break. awful. That was a terrible call. Like there's no way that guy gets down there and then, and establishes himself and and draws a charge on a bang bang play like just doesn't happen. Sorry, bad officiating. It's also frustrating that they can't finish some of these layups. Can't finish layups. Can't shoot threes. Can't hit a dunk. <laughs> you dunk, dunk. Like instead of a dunk, they get a double doink. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, I mean, we'll have, we'll have more on the series next week just because really we're recording this. Uh, it's middle of the third quarter in game one. Um, you know, not much to say. We're both teams are shooting piss poor. Uh, you know, you're still seeing some of the same problems you've seen in this matchup for most of the series, uh, most of the games this season. Um, yeah. You know, I just really hope that no matter what the circumstances are, the United center is just lit when the bulls come back. Cause the United center hasn't seen playoff action in a few years for either team. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. And what was the last time in 2017? Cause the bulls and the Blackhawks both made the playoffs in 2017 yeah. 2018, both missed. 2019, both missed. 2020, the Blackhawks asked backward their way into the playoffs via COVID, but they played in the bubble, so they played in Edmonton. Last year, both missed, and now this year, Blackhawks will miss, but the Bulls are in it for the first time since 2017. So, yeah, and they haven't won a game, a playoff game at the United Center since 2015. The last time they won a playoff game at the United Center – was that Rose buzzer beater against the Cavs. Can you believe that? It's been that long. That is a long time. (laughs) That's a drought right there. Yeah, the only only team with a longer drought at at home is the Bears. They haven't won a playoff game period since 2010, but, you know, they're they're the Bears. But still, I mean, you know, if you think about it, the Bulls, have spent a lot of time since 15 rebuilding, yes, but they still had Rose and that core in 16. And then in 17, they won the first two games of the playoff series, but that was in Boston. And then you went back to the United Center and Boston absolutely murdered you 
in games uh, three, four, five. So, you know, you, you won the first two, then lost the rest of the way. And then you haven't played since. So it would be nice to at least end that home playoff drought. <laughs> Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Get on those puking stilts. If it's like, if it's like a 30 point game and the bulls are down in game three or four, you should just go to the United center on your puking stilts and just, just storm the court, get on your stilts. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Hey, hey, did, did you see that? Like, I, I don't know if it's the same lady or it's two different ladies. One tried to glue themselves to the floor and then the other like chained herself to like the basket or whatever. Do you hear oh, about that? No, I didn't. So she was this lady. I think this was yesterday. She was at the Timberwolves game. She was protesting the owner of the Wolves. For some reason, I don't remember the exact reason, but she in, in during a TV timeout, she went down and chained herself to like the base of the basket. And then the week before, a woman glued her hand to the floor. During TV timeout, her hand was stuck to the floor. So you had all these crew members like trying to get her unstuck during TV timeout. What kind of glue are you using that bonds that fast that you, your hand is glued to the floor? Yeah, I don't know. It had to be super glue or Gorilla Glue or something. It wasn't Elmer's glue, that's for sure. I mean, do, I've never used Gorilla Glue. Does it dry that fast? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really a Gorilla Glue user either. I just know Gorilla Glue is more hardcore than like normal glue. Is anybody that listens to this show, if you're like a glueologist, an expert <laughs> at glue and, and, and glue theory, like, can, can you let us know, like, what glue you need to use? And, and I imagine super glue would work, but it comes in that little tiny tube. Like, was that lady running out that little tube and, and fiddle, 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 and getting enough glue on there to glue it to the floor? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anyone has a PhD in gluology out there, please enlighten us. You run out there and you got to like pierce the end of the of the super glue and and then put the, the tube on it and you're squirting it on your hand, but there's only a little bit in there like that just doesn't seem practical. Well, you know, I was uh, recently I was at one of my old favorite childhood hobby shops. Uh, me and my buddy went. And we, um, we like looked at trains, model trains, cause we were both really into that as a kid. And then, you know, like just some like regular, like plastic models that you paint and you assemble whatever. And there was a Titanic model. I'm just like, oh, so I'll, I'll do one of those. And, you know, you use like the, it's like a tube of like clear glue and we got a tie game. Wow. Vucevic with the three, we got a tie game anyway. So I get the tube of glue and it is just the foulest smelling glue you can imagine. Like you huff that stuff and like you feel like 10 brain cells die with each huff, maybe even more. Like it, it was just, it's so potent, but it's, it's really hardcore stuff, really, really makes it stick. So I don't know if that was the type of glue. I don't know, though. I, I'm not sure if maybe the woman just bought a Titanic model kit just so she could glue herself to the floor. Uh, she's got double-sided tape. <laughs> she's got flytrap paper. 
goes down there peeling off the, the tape and like just putting on the back of the hand. Uh, who, who thinks like, you know what? That's it. I'm gluing myself to the floor. Yeah, I don't know. I got to look at this story again. Glue to floor. <laughs> the first thing that pops up is glue to floor fan. And and how does somebody chain themselves? Like, don't they check you for chains when you go into the stadium? That's exactly what people were asking. How did she get a chain in there? Like at, at United Center, you have to go through metal detectors. And my my Apple watch, which goes through the airport security perfectly fine, set off the metal detector at the United Center. So, Mine did too. So it's it's not like, I mean, unless you've got like, those plastic like raver chains that <laughs> or something i'm pretty which, sure it was a chain chain like what would it how did she have that was she making like a makeshift huck finn belt out of it it's my belt i need this so my pants stay up they're like okay you just go right through security or maybe minnesota timberwolves don't have security like that they're just like that's ah, cool hey, yeah we what, what what scenario is going to happen? What's the worst? Oh, some fan is going to go down and glue themselves to the floor. What are the odds of that? Uh, old glue fan. So <laughs> now because of this lady, none of us are going to be able to bring glue to sporting events anymore. Yeah, thanks for ruining it, lady. I was going to bring my big thing of glue to the Bulls playoff game, but now I can't. And the Bulls now lead 69-64. Wow, 13-0 run. Which is amazing because they're playing terrible defense. Like, I've never seen so many wide-open shots where it looks like there's a foul called and the guy's just continuing anyway. You're like, wait, why, why is there nobody on that side of the floor that the shooter's on? Oi. Someone get the glue. <laughs> Quick, it's glue time. Stop. Glue time. Do, 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 do. Squirt, squirt, <laughs> squirt, squirt. <laughs> Someone's going to listen to just that little part of what you just said and be very confused. <laughs> or they're, they're going to be like working while they're listening and they're like, I missed a part of this. What the hell is he talking about? Back 15 seconds. <laughs> Uh, is there a picture of the glue lady yeah look it up on twitter i'm looking it up now glue fan (laughs) glue fan somebody uh somebody posted this side by side with the glue fan in like a renaissance painting with like a lady with like the same like facial expression and pose because you can find any like renaissance medieval painting that has just like an excellent like facial expression that matches something. It's funny is go and look at like any of those types of paintings. And there's always, there's always something ridiculous going on. And you're like, what in the world were they trying to paint here? Like why, why is there a baby naked baby with a sword and a a demon tickling that lady's fanny? Like what's going on here? And then somebody's always got a goofy expression on their face. Always, always. Like, like I think Renaissance paintings were just ahead of their time. Like somebody, somebody saw into the future. Were like, 
we see these things called memes. We're going to get ahead of the game <laughs> by a few hundred years. Uh, my favorite one is the one they always use for like uh, suburban Philly guy and just what? <laughs> it's, it's, it is like it's hard to explain if you haven't lived in Philly at some point because there's like a an area of Philly it's called Delaware County and it's just like super white trashy and um like I don't know if you watched that show Mayor of East Town I heard of it um with Kate Winslet like it's it's that's like where it's supposed to be and it's super white trashy they've got their own weird accent um and uh you know there's like the one of the favorite restaurants there is sandwiches from the gas station convenience store called wawa and like anytime you go at like a in the evening there's always somebody using the outside garbage can as a table to eat their food um, so it, it's just a, it's a wild place. Hmm. Well, it's even wilder on the Timberwolves court with people gluing themselves and people chaining themselves. Apparently who would have thought glue fan. If so, if what happened, Oh, here we go. Glue girl, glue girl. That's what they're calling it. That is what the hashtag is. Well, makes sense. Oh my god, this she looks totally like a glue girl. <laughs> if you were to if you were to conceive the the term of a glue girl, that's what it would look like. Apparently, glue girl's the new Karen. Glue Karen. <laughs> uh. She glued herself to the floor. Like, did you ever once think like that was going to happen? I, I don't know, but it's I'm looking at the pictures of the people around and nobody else seems to even care. Like nobody's even looking at her. Just she's there. Yep, just 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 kind of just stuck. Glue girl. <laughs> I just typed in glue girl and said. Patrick Beverly on his way to talk shit to the glue girl. Yeah. Glue girl and chain girl. Uh, um, I saw a picture of the, like her, the skin she left behind from the glue. Ew. I didn't want to think about that. We all got in a seven game series glue girl or chain girl. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, the handprint is still there from her, the glue in her skin. They should just keep that as a memorial. Hey, remember that time that happened? We're not going to get rid of that marker. Let's just keep it there. <laughs> well, like somebody's like, somebody types up a report about what happened. How do you like, woman glues. Girl, uh, woman glues hand on court like that. That was typed out somewhere. <laughs> Glue girl sneaks back into the game and then it shows a cuts a picture of her into Toby Maguire from Spider Man one climbing up a wall. <laughs> 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 
Oh my goodness. The great thing is, is that the, the great thing is that when something like that happens, the internet jumps into meme right away. Glue girl left a bigger impact, uh, impact on the floor than Carl Anthony towns. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, why do I kind of love Glue Girl? This is so batshit insane. I kind of respect it. I mean, like, it, was this planned out? Did she just wake up one more? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to glue my hand today. Or was this like a big scheme of hers? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, another one that she has a like a... Uh, an animated gif of the teacher from Billy Madison putting the Elmer's glue all over her face. <laughs> oh my God. This is, how did I not hear about this? Well, now, you know, now, you know, you learn something new every day. <clears throat> wow. Well, that made my day glue girl. New girl. Uh, but I, I want to shift gears a little bit. I, I didn't really have anything bears I wanted to talk about. Like we are in the middle of arguably the biggest lull in in the NFL right now. We're about two weeks out from the the draft, so you're likely not going to see any or very few signings at this point. Uh, the and it's all going to be, you know, the, the talking heads and the writers just regurgitating garbage or making up garbage to keep people reading. And that's the worst. And, and the, the thing I want to bring up is some ding dong from, uh, I think, Sports Illustrated. Um, oh, you're talking about Florio? No, the, the guy that Florio was responding to. Uh, oh, like Scott yeah. Orr, I think his name was, yeah. Um, yeah. was talking about how the Bears should trade Justin Fields or Justin Fields should demand a trade. What? Why in the world would the Bears even consider trading Justin Fields? And the Bears are absolutely not showing that they don't believe in Justin Fields because they're not building a team around him. The general, the new general manager was very clear with Ryan Pace. You never knew what was happening because that man never told the truth. It was always a spin or, you know, a red herring. Ryan Poles has been so direct and honest in everything that he's planning to do. Mm -hmm. um, you it's not sustainable to build via free agency. We need to tear this roster down and, and rebuild through the draft. Like he's doing these things. And uh, he said, we don't have enough draft picks. We need to fix that. So he went ahead and traded Khalil Mack and fixed that added another second round pick. He's gotten rid of dead weight. He's building 
with low cost one to two year contracts. And you're going to see them build through the draft because it's not sustainable to go out and sign 20 to $25 million wide receivers. You need to develop them. Um, it just, it's not sustainable. And he's building around this new offense and a, the quarterback we have in place. So it's, it's stupid that to be like, Oh, well, they don't believe in Justin Fields because the new general manager is doing exactly what he said you need to do to build a successful long-term franchise. Yeah. I, I don't get that at all. I mean, to me, I don't think anybody actually believes that not even the person that made this up, it, this just screams, we need some sort of narrative to start controversy. So we're going to say this nonsense. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to, to put that because they clearly believe in Justin Fields and they're building an offense around him. Um, it, they're not done yet though. Like we don't have training camp until July. We didn't have our starting left tackle for most of the season until late July or like last year, like it was training camp was well into, into, uh, you know, swing of things before we had our starting left tackle. So this is not a completed team. We haven't finished the draft. We haven't started the draft at some point in the draft. We're going to add a bunch of players we're going to bring in a bunch, a whole bunch of undrafted rookies, and then they're going to sign a few more free agents. There's, this is not the team we're going into the season with. Uh, and even so, um, are they in any worse shape than they were last year? I mean, we have a new offensive scheme, which is going to, you know, is already a start. Because you had previously, you had a head coach slash offensive coordinator who was intentionally trying to murder your quarterback. You know, not having a, a murderous intent uh, definitely is a is a bonus. Um, and he's they're going to run the ball. This is going to be a run focused offense, so that's going to help your young quarterback and. Moving on from Allen Robinson, is Allen Robinson a very good wide receiver? Yes, but we have to look at facts. The Allen Robinson that played last year with Justin Fields was not a good, uh, good wide receiver. What did he have, like 300-some yards receiving? It wasn't, it wasn't good. So you have to look at it based on that. Are you having to replace Allen Robinson, uh, you know, Pro Bowl level wide receiver, or are you looking at replacing a, a guy who was injured a lot of the season and didn't want to play and had like 350 yards receiving? Like that's, that's the guy you're replacing. That's the guy that Justin Fields played with last year. So yeah, you've already replaced him with Byron Pringle. Now you're looking to even replace him more with uh, one of the top 10 wide receivers coming out of the draft. So 
Like, of course you're going to add more. Uh, you know, you're hoping that Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum take the next step forward. Um, I'm sure you're going to improve the guard position, whether through the draft or through free agency, because there are still free agents left. Um, this is, this is, and it's, this is going to be a work in progress as well, because the year after 2023, you're going to see even further improvements because you're going to have another draft class and you're going to have a butt ton of money to be able to sign free agents to help him. So I, I don't understand where they're coming from other than, uh, you know, just writing something to write something. And think about this too. And I know this is the previous regime that did it, but the franchise traded up to get Justin Fields. They gave up a lot to trade up. So you're just going to give up on him after one year. Yeah. It's it's nonsense. Like you, you brought in a new staff to, to work with him. Like your, your general manager who has been truthful and honest in everything he said, talked about, you know, how they're building around him. And part of the improvement is going to be driven by Justin Fields improvement as from first year to second year in general. Like, so I just, I don't understand. Like he's is Ryan Poles has been nothing but complimentary of Justin Fields. Now, is he going to talk about him? Like he's, you know, he's one of the the best and has won a pro bowl and has been an MVP. No, because he is not. There's a lot of things Justin Fields needs to work on, but, uh, it's also, you look at some of the things that he has done. You look at the accuracy he has as a downfield passer and the athletic ability he has that didn't get utilized. And you're like, hmm, we can really take advantage of those things. And we're really excited to be able to take advantage of those things. I mean, the kid is 24 years old and was under arguably the worst offense in the league. Like, you you have to be able to to salivate thinking all right the improvements he's going to make just from that you know leap in the second year to an offense that is built around him not in spite of him like we're going to and we're going to put better talent around him like that's you know that's those are three things that are just absolutely make you feel good about having Justin Fields at quarterback Yeah, I just don't see why there would be any need to say, you know what, we're going to intentionally ruin things for Justin Fields so we can move on from him or that we want to trade him now after one year without even having any sort of work with the new regime. You're going to get a new regime and then automatically say like, no, we don't like him, even though he's been in the league one year under a terrible one. When you know that you don't have the draft assets or the assets in general, to turn yourself into a contender right away. Now, can I understand some people saying, yeah, I wish the Bears at least did a tad bit more to give more to Justin Fields? Sure, but the draft still has yet to happen. You know, the the draft is coming up. And like you've said before on previous shows, 
once you draft, you'll be able to bring in a bit more of a reinforcement and nothing huge, nothing fancy, but you know, when this stuff comes out prior to the draft, it's, it's just ridiculous. And I say this before, I'm not saying the big free agents never make an impact, but how many teams win the off season based on the first round of draft, uh, the first round of free agents? How often does that actually happen? Does that, does that result in Super Bowl wins? Okay, the Bucs got Tom Brady a few years ago. It's freaking Tom Brady. How many teams have gone out there and made big splashes via free agency? And look what happens. Hell, remember Ryan Pace? Ryan Pace early on in his career, you know, going to the 2015 or 2016 season, you know, remember, he made a lot of moves. He, he got Danny Trevathan. He got Akeem Hicks. He signed a lot of guys, and, and they ended up not being very good. So, yeah, you didn't get the best guys available. We'll see, I mean, I don't expect the Bears to be good. I'm not saying that by any means. But, you know, to write off that Justin Fields would want out before you even draft is just crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the man that, that's heading up this team, our general manager, Ryan Poles, said the most important thing for building this team is going to be the draft. We have not had a draft where Ryan Poles has been the head of the Bears. So how are you going to judge anything? Like, all right, if after the draft, they draft, they spend every single pick on defense. Okay, then you could be like, all right, now we might have some criticisms here. But um, but we haven't had the draft. Like, what if, what if he adds, a, you know, the first two picks are a guard and a, and a wide receiver that are going to start right off the bat and uh, and help you. And it's your two of your biggest needs on offense. You know, is that going to change your tune? Because at that point, if you add a, a guard that you can plug and play, then you've got uh, you, you signed your your center and free agency. You've got whitey coat hair. You'd have starting guard and then Borum and Jenkins as your tackles were your tackles last year. Okay. So you've got your offensive line. Is it the best offensive line? I don't know. Probably not, but you know, it depends on the growth of Borum and Jenkins. Um, depends on health, depends on how, how good Lucas Patrick comes in and steps in. Um, you add a stud wide receiver. Okay. Makes your wide receiver core look a lot better. Um, we felt fine with our running backs going into it. We've got our tight ends. Uh, so really what more can you really add to your offense that is going to help them immediately? Right. So I, I mean, if they go in and do that and spend their first two picks to bolster the offense, that, that says a lot since they really do believe in in building around this quarterback. But they want to trade him. They want to get rid of him. They're out on him. Yeah. They're, just, they're done on him. Like, what, what are they going to do? Have Trevor Simeon be their quarterback this year? Totally, man. Super Bowl bound. Trevor and, Simeon, the former and, Bronco great. And, and let's just say, let's just say hypothetically that Ryan Poles went, you know what? I want the quarterback of this franchise to be a quarterback that I brought in, 
I don't want to ride the coattails of my predecessor. Are you going to sell low on him? No, you're going to. Right, wanna... That's even bigger nonsense. <clears throat> is. Is you're going to try to get sell high on him, have him come out there and look good. And then you're like, oh, we're selling a 25 year old quarterback with multiple years left on his rookie deal. Then you're going to get a lot of, a lot for him. But that's. You're not going to sell low on, on a, you know, a quarterback going into his second year that you already traded a first round pick for, like, it just doesn't make any sense. No, that's why you just, you dismiss it and you move on. It just, it's, it's mind boggling. Like, like it's, I get trying to write some troll quick clickbait articles but at some point why why in the world are major media outlets allowing this that like people like this to represent them controversy clicks <sighs> but that's really all i the bears things i had to say um you know next week i'll have my final mock and and I'll, I'll have my mock feed into my final, final bit of free agency signings, which just saying Keem Hicks is still on the market and Larry Ogunjobi is still on the market. Mm, do you bring back a Keem Hicks? If, it, if he's cheap, I, I mean, if he's cheap, you know, if he's cheap and healthy, he's a damn good defensive lineman. Yes, he is. But if he's not healthy or he's expensive, then absolutely not. But at this point, is he he's not going to get a multi-year deal. So, I mean, he's probably going to be, uh, what's the old saying? Beggars can't be choosers. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a robust market. Nobody's going to know him and his health as good as the Bears because he was uh, he was in their building the last several years. So, you know, you know him the best. And now any sort of negative feelings he has towards the organization were clearly towards Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, who are no longer part of this organization. So, right. Um, you know, any any bridges that were burned were bridges that are no longer there so i think i mean is it a is it a good probability that he comes back no but is it in the realm of reality sure why not i mean you're better with akeem hicks a healthy akeem hicks than you are without him no you're right you're right i mean if even if Akeem Hicks isn't what he once was. If he can at least play on the field, at least you have him on the field, it automatically makes your defense better, makes your defensive line much, much better. Because even if he doesn't have the physical strength to do exactly what he did before, he's a darn smart football player, and that that benefits you greatly. Yeah, and if he's healthy for the two Vikings games, you know, that's he, he usually hands you a Vikings victory. Yep. Because he just shuts down their run game completely. But absolutely, I mean, you you saw those games against Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook could get anything going. 
yeah so next week i will have next week will be our uh yeah, let me look at a calendar here um do, do, do. Ooh, that's a map not a calendar do, do, do. um yeah so next week will be the last show we have prior to the draft so um I will have my final mock draft and final predictions of of free agency for the Bears, and uh, and it'll be fun. We're uh, we're less than two weeks away from the draft, and I love it. I'm excited about it. Me too. Me too. Because part of me is like, I'm I'm tired of the speculation. Let's just get here already. Yes, and uh, you know all the crybabies who are like, if the bears don't do this with the number 39, I'm done with them. Ryan Poles is dead to me. And all of them will shut up once they draft, because they'll just be so excited that the draft's over and we have new players and we'll go from there. Bears draft kicker with their second pick their second first round or their first pick in the second round bulls draft a kicker. And then we'll draft a punter. Oh my God people would lose their minds. I'd just be like, well, we'll go with 60 yard field goals every time. Trust the process. <laughs> Hashtag trust the process. Uh, all right. So should we, uh, should we head home here with uh, some baseball? Yep. Um, you know, the, 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 the Pittsburgh series. Didn't play out how I'd hoped, but, um, you know, this Cubs team team is still fun to watch and they're still better than I was thinking that they were going to be coming into the season. Well, their offense, it's good news, bad news. Good news is that they're putting the ball in play. They got the highest batting average in baseball and they have the highest OBP in baseball. That's the good news. You know what the bad news is? They are grounding into double plays like crazy. Yeah, they are. They just, they need to square up the ball a little more. The fact that they're making contact, okay, that's that's good, but their ground ball rate's the highest in baseball. That's why, no surprise, they're grounding a lot of double plays. I mean, the nice thing you could say is, well, they're grounding a lot of double plays, and it means they've always got guys on base. I mean, they are, they are getting on base, and they're hitting a lot of singles, which... It, isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know that this team just doesn't have the power. You know, it, it doesn't have a slew of home run hitters. You have Saya Suzuki who continues to just impress. You have Wilson Contreras. You know, he's, he's your established power guy. You know, he's been around. And, and then, you know, Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom. Because and I guess Ian Happ, but you know, outside of the Colorado series, wisdom has really struggled. So let's hope the Colorado series gave him some confidence. You know, Schwindel's been hitting the ball decently, but he's not slugging. He's not driving the ball. And then Ian Happ has been kind of doing the same thing. You know, the guy's got power, but we've seen him elect for more singles and getting on base, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying he's not hitting the ballpark a lot. And then you have the very opposite of power hitters in Nick Magical and Nico Horner and then Jason Hayward and Jonathan VR can pop one out every now and then, but he's not, he's not a 25, 30 home run guy typically. So you just, you don't have a lot of power mixed in there. 
which the, the one frustrating thing about the off season, I'd say is I just really wish they had a left-handed power hitting bat. That's, that's just one thing I really think they could use right now, but you know, the fact that they're putting together these good at bats and they're stringing together hits, it's good to see. Yeah. My concern isn't so much on the offense. It's this pitching starting pitching rotation is so thin that we're we're really relying on guys to, to not have any stinkers and Kyle Hendricks showed up start number two with a stinker. Awful. I mean, I, I I, he was basically just throwing gopher balls out there, you know, and Stroman had a stinker in his second start. One bad inning, unfortunately. Yeah. One bad inning, but you can, you can sort of justify that one because it's in a high altitude hitters ballpark. Hate that place against a, actually a pretty good team. Um, but Kyle Hendricks did it in against the goddamn the, pirates. Yeah. One of the worst teams in, in baseball. And so, uh, your, it, we, we talked about this ad nauseum prior to the season that we've seen too much of bad Kyle Hendricks. And we were hoping that after that first start where he was excellent, that maybe, Maybe our worries were placated, but I don't know. In start number two, that worry is still front and center for me. I mean, it, things there was so much goodwill built from opening day. Opening day, he looked like Kyle Hendricks, and then just you saw that just the gopher ball stuff again in Pittsburgh. We'll see how he does tomorrow, Monday night. He's supposed to start Monday night at home against the Rays. We'll see how that goes. Is this just another one of those things where he's just not good on the road, but he's much better at home? I mean, we've seen that the past few years. Yeah, he just, but you know, roughly half your starts are going to be on the road. You you gotta you've gotta be better. Yeah. You know, or does that mean you just can't play for another team either? Like come free agency, you're like, shit, I can't sign with anybody with the Cubs because I can't pitch away from Wrigley. Yeah, um, right. Well, you know, that, that's one thing, but I will say this. Drew Smiley has really impressed me so far. Yeah, he has. Um, that's been a good pickup. Um, we still haven't seen Miley yet. No. Oh, I want to see him soon. He was really good last year for the Reds. Um, you know, Stroman, Stroman had a bad inning. Uh, real bad inning. Real bad inning. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, this this team is in second place. Um, they the, the the issues we've had with the offense have been alleviated a lot because um, it was all home run or bust, and we're seeing the ball put into play. Suzuki. Seems like it was already a good signing. The The guy looks really good. His approach, I mean, he doesn't chase bad pitches. He no, takes them. He, he doesn't. And that's, that's what's going to be hard about, you know, uh, obviously 
teams are going to change up their approach, how they pitch to them. It's just the nature of baseball, but being able to have such a good eye and good discipline at the plate is really going to make that hard for them to have an effective counter to what he's been doing because he's not going to chase. He's not going to chase bad pitches. So you're going to have to get him out with stuff. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's got a kryptonite that there's, you know, doesn't hit curves well. So you get to throw a lot of curves in the zone, but he, you're going to hang one eventually if you do that. And that guy can put it out of the park. So, uh, I, you know, I, it's going to be a fun cat and mouse game because he's, he's a really good hitter. Yeah. I, you know, that's, it's been fun to watch on that aspect. If you want to know what my biggest concern is right now with this team, I mean, there's obviously multiple, but the middle relief pitching has been pretty damn bad. Um, I'm less worried about that. Honestly, the back end I'm fine with David Robertson has looked good. Michael Givens has looked good. Rowan wick today really looked sharp, but I mean, who, who are you particularly worried about? Well, Daniel Norris hasn't been good. Okay. He is not. Uh, Chavez has been awful. Yeah, uh, but Chavez, I don't know. Chavez should even, should he have even been on this team? Here's the problem though. If you're not going to see your starters go more than five, six innings, you need those middle relief guys to eat innings. And we're not going to see starters going deep for a while. No, that's, that's why this is a problem. Um, you know, th- I mean, I don't know. I- I'm, I'm, I guess I'm less concerned about that. Um, it will be better. I think when Miley and Alzali come back, when they come back, you're not relying on a lighter to come in and be a starter. Yeah. He was kind of thrown to the wolves. Cause I mean, his first, his first time through that lineup, the Rockies lineup, he actually looked pretty good. And then second time through, they kind of picked up on him a bit. Um, I mean, you know, as far as middle relievers though, Keegan Thompson has been good. Yeah, no, he's been very good. Him and Scott Efros and uh, the, the new guy, uh, uh, Roberts, like he's been, you know, they, they've been, they've been solid. Yeah. But you're, yeah, you're going to see some things a little differently once, um, you know, poor, lighter, I feel bad for that guy just got picked up and they're like, oh, hey, you're starting in Colorado. And, you know, he, he wasn't even a good minor league pitcher. And you're going to, um, you know, you're really, you're really through. I mean, that was, that was conceding a, a victory right there. You're just like, oh yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to get this. And the bats, the bats kept you in the game uh, or tried, tried to claw you back to the end of the game. But, um, you know, honestly, when you announced him as a starter, I think you kind of conceded that victory. Yeah. That's why losing Friday night was frustrating. Right. Alex Caruso took one right to the face. Oh man. The bulls gave the Milwaukee tried to give them this game and they just couldn't take it. Yeah. And it's what it is. 
This is so bad on the threes. So bad. That last shot selection by Levine was awful. I mean, you had plenty of time. And no rebounding. Like it would be lovely no. if, if the Bulls had better rebounding. Like go down there and compete for the offensive glass. You know who would be great on this team? And in prime Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Playing tough defense down there, getting those rebounds. Doesn't need any shots because he doesn't care. Oh, well. Um, but, you know, the, the Cubs, the Cubs offense is coming to play. Um, so. Uh, you know, is what it is. And you wind up with a, a split in the series against uh, Colorado in Colorado. So that's not so bad, really. No, a split, honestly, all things considering playing there, I'll take. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the Friday loss was tough. You know, yesterday, yesterday was going to be a loss. Um, you get the win today. Um, you know, it's, now it's going to come down to... How do you play against the Rays? You know, the Rays haven't looked all that great so far, but they're still really good. They're a good team. But you know what? It's one of those teams. Those teams that build from through their farm system and don't spend a ton in free agency. Those teams have, they don't have a lot of room for error. And, And we've seen that with Oakland. You know, Oakland will be really good. And then suddenly they'll fall on their face because they can't, they can't bolster outside the organization with free agency because they have such limited budgets most of the time. And, um, you know, the Rays don't have nearly as limited of budget as, as Oakland, but still it's, a, um, it's, they, they're not, they're not going out and signing big time free agency. So or free agents. So it's, um, you know, they're, they're bound to have a, a down year and hopefully the, the Cubs can take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's going to be a tough stretch. A lot of, I mean, you got to play the White Sox. You got to play the Dodgers coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, I think you play the Padres too. It's, it's going to get pretty challenging. We'll see what this team's made of. Um, on the other side of town, uh, you know, Gary was betting me that the he said the Cubs will have a better record than the White Sox come the end of the season. So yeah, um, what I'm I'm going to totally collect on that one. Uh, what what <laughs> the the White Sox are good. I mean, they got half their team out and they're winning close games. So you take every win you get. Yeah, you you just won a series against the Rays. Uh, you're, you're up against Cleveland, who I think is second place in the division. So you're about to extend your lead in the division already. And now you're already the only winning team or the team with only team with a winning record in your division. So like, just chill. It's early in the season. You've got injuries. I get it. You dealt with them last year too. 
get them out of the way. Get your, get your injuries out of the way. Now come back healthy. You've got an offense. That's, you know, a murderer's row. You know, the, the, the biggest thing with your team is your, your damn manager is an idiot. And, and wants uh, Lurie Garcia in there all the time. I, I just wish my wife loved me as much as Tony LaRusso loves Larry Garcia. It was kind of like uh Taquan Mizell for Matt Nagy <laughs> or yeah. uh, what was his face? Quenville, the, the defenseman he played uh, was it Michael uh, Roosevelt? Michael Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Old was, man, Michael Roosevelt. Loved him. Some Michael Roosevelt. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't understand it. You know, you're, you're taking at bats away from people like burger deserves more at bats. Uh, you need to make sure that Vaughn is getting more at bats. Like stop with your nonsense. Like how I, I, the, the thing that boggles my mind is, can you imagine, uh, being the GM of of the White Sox, Rick Hahn, and going, man, I put together this awesome team. I could have had AJ Hinch be the manager, but my ownership keeps saddling me with Tony Larusa and won't open the pocketbook. Well, I mean, either way. They're still winning. They're still winning. They're, they're still team. winning. They have half their team out and they're still winning. Yeah. Imagine I mean, this team at full force. Who's going to beat them this, the way they're going? I mean, there, there are some good teams out there. There's some there really are, good I teams. mean, there are. There but, are. Uh, you know, you've, you've got this murderer's row. Tim Anderson's batting 400 with a, over a 1,000 OPS. <clears throat> Luis Robert hasn't hasn't even start uh, catching on yet. He's having a tough season so far, but still he's, he's going to catch on and he's going to, he's going to clobber it. You've got Jose Abreu who was just MVP recently. Yasmani Grandal, Eloy Jimenez. Like those are your top five hitters. Um, you know, you're going to have uh, Pollock out there sooner rather than later. Berger is playing really well in place of, of, uh, Moncada, um, you know, Harrison needs to be out there more. Vaughn was Vaughn. Wasn't even the lineup. You've got sheets playing DH. Like, I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the, the way that Tony LaRusa like, how in the world does he make these lineups? I don't know. I mean, you know, the, what's nice for the Sox is that this past week, their pitching has been what's getting it done because the series against the Rays, they haven't exactly put up a bunch of runs, but they've scored enough. Uh, they've pitched well enough to take the series. So, and again, that's shorthanded. So, you know, Dylan Cease looks incredible. You know, so I mean, even Vince Velasquez didn't look bad today outside the first inning. Yeah, no, he looked fine. It's just everything went kind of kaputs late in the game, but you still took two out of three. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the bullpen that, 
that was terrible. Velasquez, I mean, not, not saying he was good, but when you four and two thirds innings and you only gave up three earned runs as, as a guy that wasn't even meant to be on this roster, like, all right, I'll take that against the Rays. I'll take that any day. Um, you know, he's not the reason they lost this game. No, no, absolutely not. But Wander, Wander Franco does look like the real deal. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that, that kid's good. There's a reason they gave him that extension. The Rays don't give extensions the way they do. I mean, remember, he was the number one prospect for multiple years. Multiple years. And he's like, what, 21? 20, he's 21? He's, he's young as hell, and he's already making a huge difference. Yeah, he is. I, I can't believe he signed that extension because that is team friendly. I mean, sure, it's a lot of money, but it is. It's pretty team friendly because, um, you know, he's uh, he's going to be he's going to be a stud. He is uh, 21 years old. Just turned 21. Incredible. I mean, when you're that young and you're doing this already, when you get that kind of lengthy extension and like you're just turning legal to drink, you know you're doing something right. You know you're pretty damn talented. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure you were in the same boat as me when you turned 21. Uh, like, you're like, I want to go out and spend a bunch of money and celebrate. But then you had to be realistic. You're like, oh, I don't really have a lot of money to spend because I'm 21 and I'm broke. Um, Wonder Franco is just like, whatevs, I'm rich, biatch. <laughs> Must be nice, right? I, boy, if I had that money when I was that age, <sighs> I would have done all kinds of stupid stuff. Yes, I don't know. Bought, bought yachts, bought Lamborghinis, bought mansions. Uh, but I, I mean, you know, I just don't. The White Sox, the injuries, the guys will get healthy. They'll get healthy. They're not, they're not like season-ending injuries. Guys will come back. They're already in first place. It's a weak division. You'll be fine. You just need to worry about making sure that you're competitive come postseason. Because this is not, this is a... You know, we keep bringing this up, but baseball is a weird sport because the regular season is this marathon and then the postseason is a sprint and you have to be good, good enough to, to finish in the, uh, the top couple teams in the marathon and then be the best at sprinting in order to, to win the world series. And, you know, I think this team is good enough to be able to coast into the postseason, it's it's staying healthy and staying on point come come playoff time because you know you, your stars need to come out at that point yep and that's the reason you brought in your drunkard managers is to to manage in the postseason Well, you you hope that that gets better at least. I mean, you just don't want them that to hold you back because you got a hell of a team right now, and you're you're six and three right now, regardless of the injuries and and everything. You're still six and three, and you know Tim Anderson continues to just hit everything he sees, and 
know, I, I think you just got to enjoy the ride for right now. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be some rougher times, but in the end, I don't see them not winning the division by at least eight games this year. People are saying, Oh, what about the tigers? No. Do you really think the white Sox are going to let the tigers win the division this year? The white Sox are just so much better. The tigers are on the rise. Don't get me wrong. Spencer Torkelson's a beast. And I mean, the, the Tigers could be a thing very soon, but they're not at that level yet. I mean, your people are people are already, you know, losing their minds. And the White Sox are six and three. If they keep that pace up, what is that like a hundred and something wins pace? Yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's uh yeah, so if you have nine games, and I think it's a hundred and eight win pace. So, I I I would take that. That's that's if you if you win a hundred and eight games, you're gonna win your division by by thirty games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a gap, but. No, I don't I mean they're not going to, they're not also not going to win at this pace, right. You know, for a whole season, but you know, the, you're six and three, that's a really good record. Chillax guys are going to get healthy. Um, you've got so much offense that you're going to be able to ride out slumps. It just, uh, it just, just, there's plenty on this team to, to get you to the postseason. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Not really. Just I, I, I had zero expectations for the bulls and yet here I am pissed off about this game. One loss that was there for the taking. They shot horribly, horribly. DeMar DeRozan couldn't even get 20 points. They played as good defense as you can, as you can get. Yeah. And uh, I would not be surprised if game two is a blowout. I mean, would you? If, if they play like this, you're not going to hold the Bucks to as poor shooting as you did in this game. And this was right. And this wasn't a difference between winning or losing the series. It would just be nice to have a win. Because if you were going to steal a game, this felt like the game that you were going to steal. Um, is there a stadium called Footprint Stadium? Mm, I Foot, have no the, idea. Yes, the Suns play in Footprint Center. That's a terrible name for a stadium. This goes back to what we talked about a couple months ago is... There, there's not a lot of good stadium names anymore. No, there really isn't. There's some weird ones. There are ones that just don't fit. Like for, like I would be all for, like Soldier Field is great. And I would even be pro a new stadium being called George S. Hallis Stadium. But like Footprint Center is a terrible name. 
didn't the Dolphins used to play uh, in a stadium named after underwear? Like Fruit of the Loom Field or something dumb. Fruit of the Loom Field. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> BVD Stadium. Like, just stop having dumb names for your stadium. It's never going to stop now. No, it's not. And, and the sunny water field at George S. Hellas Stadium, my friends. It's it. There is like it's proportional for every time, like uh, a college bowl game gets a worse name, and, and like professional sports stadiums, like are right, we got to step it up a notch? We can't let them just run away with the stupid names. Ah. <laughs> uh. My wife comes in when I'm watching like college football, like bowl games. She's like, that's not a real name, is it? And I was like, yes, this is the 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 Chick-fil-A bowl. She's like, that's so stupid. Why is it called the Chick-fil-A bowl? You have any sponsor now for any of these bowls? Tostitos bowl. Uh, you know, it, you know, there was the days you just had like Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl. Now you got Tostitos bowl, Fiesta yeah. bowl, uh, Chick-fil-A bowl. Is there a Walmart bowl? There should be a Walmart bowl. Um, Insert corporate name here bowl. I mean, it's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's. <coughs> uh, here we go. Some, some terrible bowl game names. Uh, 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 I, I can't, I can't even think of how bad some of them are. Um, the bad boy mowers Gasparilla bowl. The what? <clears throat> the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Okay. Uh, that, that was played in 2017. Um, the Pool and Weed Eater Independence Bowl. The Wheat Bowl. The GalleryFurniture.com Bowl. The San Diego Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. The Salad Bowl. I like that one. The Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. The fuck? <laughs> the EV1.net Houston Bowl. Uh, the Rose Bowl game presented by PlayStation 2. The GoDaddy.com Bowl, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, TaxSlayer.com Gator Bowl, Crucial.com Humanitarian Bowl, the ServePro First Responder Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It's great. Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Popeye's Bahamas Bowl, Boise Bridgepoint Education Holiday Bowl, Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. So what a there list. You, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Please hit subscribe, however you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, 
Google Play, Spotify, etc. Follow us on social media at Swirsky Sports, Facebook.com slash Swirsky Sports, SwirskySports.com, or ShyFanPat2, uh, Alex on Twitter, or AlexanderJPatCreative.com for all the cool stuff Alex does. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, bear down. Cubs win! What a lucky break! The good Lord wants the Cubs to win! We thank Ditka and God for all they have provided. Cubs win! Cubs win! Cubs win! Oh, I don't want her. You can have her. She's a Packer fan. She can't fit in my van. And she looks like... Remember, New Yorkers, smoking crack is not legal on the plains. Bears, 31 to negative 7. The Bears. Oh, when the Bears go bearing down.